0: I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. Time to answer one question. One question I just received and dropped everything. (laughs) What I was going to do, I like, as I say so frequently, to just topics that I'm passionate about, and I'm so passionate about fitness in general, but I like to get worked up, <laughs> and I like, I, I just think it's more entertaining when I'm passionate, so yeah, you know, when, when things come up that I say, you know, this is better today, and I can put something aside and bring it back, and I have that flexibility, so someone reached out with just just an awesome, awesome topic and it sounds simple, um, and it is isn't. it isn't. So often in fitness and health and wellness, people make the complicated simple and the simple complicated. That's pretty much the entire internet. It's the only way you're going to get people to read your stuff. And I'm just calling this lifting heavy. I'm going to read you his question, and I'm just going to jump right into it. No studies, just an overall answer and like top line bullet points on what you need to know. And and that's that's the difference with my show again is I'm taking the science, I'm taking the experience, and I'm taking the common sense. And what you can and want to do. That All those things are so important. Doesn't matter what the science says if you don't like to do it. Doesn't matter what the science says if you don't like the taste of it. And so we have to learn the science, and then figure out the options for you within that. And that's a part of lifting heavy. So let me just jump right in, read you his question, uh, reached out to me through Instagram. And here it is. Uh, I have a few questions for you if you get the time. How do you lift heavy safely as a natty? (laughs) Now, for those of you who might not know what a natty is, this is, you know, This is bodybuilding, uh, you know, uh, verbiage, is that the term? (laughs) Uh, Natural. Someone who's not on drugs, such a great question. You know, I've touched on this topic a little bit, but never just specifically, so... Another reason I love this question. Uh, How do you lift heavy as a natty? I love listening to your show. And most of your advice is generally for people that are doing general health and wellness. And I do work out for that. But I am 37. I weigh about 210 and 5'10 in height. I've been lifting for about two years seriously. My biggest issue is finding good workout plans for the splits I do because everything seems to be predicated on crazy amounts of volume and weight, and it seems like they're designed for people on steroids. I couldn't have written this question better, and thank you uh, for reaching out with this question because it's so important. And, you know, everything is connected in health and wellness, even though. It's so often uh, made out that, that these people are saying it's not. They're trying to pull things out. It's cardio. It's, it's strength. It's fat, It's everything. It's taking it all, putting it all together, right? And so I've talked about this in different ways, but again, not just specifically attacking this question. And there's basically two questions here, right? Uh, although it's what? How do you lift heavy safely as an natty? How do you lift heavy safely when you're natural? And then where do you find the plans, right? My biggest issue, he says, is finding good workout plans for the splits I do. So let me just backtrack. Let me just backtrack because I used to lecture many years ago, many different topics. But one was about the fitness magazines, essentially, and, you know, have been c- contributing to them. Contributed to just about every single one of them, numerous times, for three decades. And back in the day, you know, the bodybuilding magazines, which I loved in eighth grade, I used to have bodybuilding pictures on uh, on the inside of my uh, locker. Eighth grade was, that's how much I was into it back then. There's a lot of people who questioned, to be totally honest. You know, they're like, Tom, why do you have pictures of, you know, sweaty guys Uh, in your, uh, in your locker, like, you know, oiled up, you know, bodybuilders. I loved lifting weights. I loved it. Even, you know, starting back then, not even back then. Uh, but the bodybuilding magazines were exactly what this person described. So when I used to give this lecture, uh, it was basically about everything this question is about. And so it was about, you know, building muscle basically generally to, um, you know, younger groups, but everyone. And it was about the 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 fitness world in general and it hasn't changed, right? It's just moved uh, mediums. But my main point was I would hold up the magazine and you'd see this ripped enormous uh, you know guy on the cover generally like a you know a, a bodybuilding magazine for men. now they're you know for both sexes generally, but back then they were super specific they were, you know they did both but it was men on the covers more frequently than not. Anyway, I would say you know, If you want to look like this, what do they have in the magazine? You got your workout plans. You've got your nutritional plans. You've got your supplement plans. Every single like ad was for a supplement or something like that, right? But I said, it's missing the most important ingredient. And that was drugs. That was steroids. That was growth hormone. And that was decades ago. That was decades ago. And I was just having this conversation with my 16 year old son. I'm gonna get back to that. But now it's even worse. The drugs are so much easier to get, thanks to the internet. Social media is making it worse. Back to my 16-year-old, he's looking at these huge 16, 17, 18-year-olds who are all on steroids. Now, for those of you, (laughs) I'm going to, you know, who, you know, there's always those people when someone calls out someone on uh, social media for being on steroids, they'll say, you're a hater. Listen, I body built, never took steroids. I was truly nat- natty, uh, although the people I competed against, uh, I would say 90% were not. And I want to get into a big discussion about that. But yes, you are extremely disciplined with your workouts and your nutrition to look like those people. I am not taking that away from them. But you have to, A, if and when you're asked, admit that you're on it. And B, know that there's risks. That's science. That's science, okay? You know, I had a female bodybuilder on my show many years ago. And I asked her before. I said, listen. I want you to admit you don't have to come out and be specific or anything, but that you take things that other people don't because you're a professional bodybuilder. Because I don't want them to get all this information and then go to your Instagram page and look and make there, there's the women who go, I'm never going to lift because I don't want to look like that, or the women they get frustrated because they want to look like that but they don't have that ingredient. Do you get my point? So listen, bodybuilders. Some of the most disciplined people in the world deserve a ridiculous amount of credit for what they do. But we're going to be honest, people. We're going to be honest about what we do, what we take, because uh, secrets are no good, <laughs> especially when it comes to health and wellness, all right? There, I said my part. Everyone, who like, you know, professional athletes, bodybuilders, endurance sports. I do the Ironmans, you know, uh, marathons, things like that. All the top people are, are taking performance-enhancing drugs, all of them. And by the way, just to finish this up, tennis players, do you know I many tennis players have been caught taking performance-enhancing drugs? And they're steroids too, and I'm going to get to that. They're not using steroids to get big, they're using steroids for the other reason. Well, other, a couple other reasons, but one of the main reasons is recovery. So they can train, 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 train. And that goes to this person's question crazy amounts of volume he said right everything seems to be predicated on crazy amounts of volume and weight and he can't do that if he's natural he can't follow those programs the amount so volume is how much like how many sets right the total volume of work sets times reps essentially you could add weight in there too depending on on what you're you know measuring and you just can't do that and and that what does that do You know, I talk about self-efficacy so frequently here because it's so important, That situational confidence. And when you don't have all the information and you try to do something and you don't achieve that goal because you don't have all the information, you take it as a failure on your part when, not a great analogy, but good enough, it's like getting directions to a location that are flawed, that aren't right. They're not complete. You're not gonna get there. It's not your fault but you're missing one of the most important roads, (laughs) directions, exits to take, whatever you want to call it. That's really important. And so you can't do what the people do who are taking all that stuff, all right? And I've had three close friends to me in the business die. Now, cause of death, You could could make your excuses, but the age at which they died, what they were doing, if I'm a betting man, 98% sure. 98% sure performance-enhancing drugs. Steroids, growth hormone, things like that. And those were close friends, people I knew. I know many, many more, okay? And again, two main benefits of performance-enhancing drugs depends on what you're taking. There's so many today. I don't want to, you know, for those of you who are really uh, well-versed in the drug <laughs> world for, you know, for bodybuilding and stuff like that. I'm not going deep here. But two main benefits, increasing your strength for what we're talking about here today and increased recovery time. Increased strength and increased ret- recovery time. And people take different amounts and different mixtures based on their goals. So marathoners take them, tennis players take them. You know, professionals, bodybuilders, of course. And so you can do more. You can move more. You can go faster. Yes. And let me just oh, I go all over the place. You know, there used to be, remember back when ha, suddenly everyone started hitting home runs uh, in baseball and you saw people getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know what I'm talking about, right? Steroids. And and this is new research. We need way more into it. But one argument people used to have is like, listen, taking steroids doesn't make you a better, you know, your hand-eye coordination better. You still got to hit the ball. And what they're finding out potentially is, yeah, maybe it really does. (laughs) Maybe it does. Maybe it helps reaction time and things like that as well. Who knows? Okay. And that's it for the draw. I'll come back to that. But um, let me say too that, let me just clarify, cause it's important. Um, you know, the person says, I know, I love listening to your show. Most of your advice is generally for people who are doing general health and wellness. Yes, but no, you know, I've done shows on know when to say, when should you wear a weight belt? Um, you know, uh, I'm going to talk again about technical versus muscular failure. Did a whole podcast on that. So all my information, this is really important and you'll see it through the bullet points for this show are going to help you regardless of your goals. They're still the same tenets, right? And you'll see what I mean in a second. So even though I'm not doing a show, you know, geared at like PR bench, it is. If you want a PR bench, you take, you know, or, or, you know, move more weight than most. You still take all the science and things like that that I put out there. I'm not giving you specific programs for that, but I'm going to talk about that too. It's too individualized for me to do that. And I do give the programs, I I think that's probably what they're more referring to here, what he's referring to, you know, the core stuff, the basic stuff, Um, but you can just go heavier. And I'll get to that too. Add more sets in. Okay. So just want to say that as well. All right. Um, and, And again, I did the bodybuilding and I spent, my entire, you know, 20s through just, you know, still in it's still in there today in the gym. And I've seen it all, you know, seen it all. I remember trying, uh, not trying, um, steroided trainer, a friend of mine many years ago when I was first starting out, he was using 125 pound dumbbells and he asked for a spot. So when you spot someone with dumbbells, you get underneath them. Essentially he was inclined, I think at the time. And you help them with their elbows, You're essentially behind the bench. Um, many different ways to do it. Then you put your hands over. Depends what the person wants as well. But I was helping them get it up. This person get it up by pushing on his elbows. Long story short, throughout my back, <laughs> like you know, trying to trying to help him with 125 pound dumbbells. Um, just that it's a lot of weight, and I'm going to get to the point that it's it's that risk reward ratio we have to talk about. Um, but I also watched you know, bodybuilder friend doing insanely heavy um, barbell lunges and snapped his quadricep, literally watched it roll up, you know, and and part of steroids is it allows you to override the body's natural, body's so smart, protective mechanism, Golgi tendon organs, things like that, right? When you go to push, like you're bench pressing, you have a lot of weight, and your body basically says this is too much. It relaxes. It's so smart. It says you're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself, and that's failure. And you you drop the weight. The weight is lowered. You can't do it. When you do certain performance enhancing drugs, it overrides that. And oftentimes they will say if you see someone with a pec tear, um, it's a pretty good sign that they probably were on something when they did that. And then there's the whole debate. Can you override that natural protective mechanism and mechanisms psychologically? The answer's probably, but not most people. <laughs> wow, I go off on tangents, but it's all connected. Um, so here's here's the answer, and, and all of that is part of it, obviously, but what is most important to start with to answer this question is what are the goals? What are this person's goals. That's what I would ask him. Are you competing? You know, are you doing competitions? Or is this personal? And even though those are two different things, you can be, you can say, no, I'm not competing, but I really want to lift weight, lift heavy weight rather. I want to deadlift X. I want to squat X. I want to bench press. I want to whatever, Olympic lifts. It could be, uh, you know, I want to curl 80 pound uh, dumbbells but you gotta know your goals and be super specific about them, right? That's how you have to start. And then you can shoot for your goals, right? If your goal is to, hey, I wanna I want to bench press 350 pounds. Okay, that's the goal, right? And that could be, again, within a competition or not, but be specific. And I just have to go, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, and I just saw it again. Uh, Joe Rogan had on... Um, I don't know this guy. I'm not big into the strongman world. I used to watch those on ESPN or whatever it used to be. But a guy named Robert Oberst, O B E R S T. I don't know how to pronounce that. Oberst. Um, And basically, when, you know, this guy competed in strongman um, and for many years didn't win as far as my research showed, but super strong, like ridiculous, enormous guy. And this is the person uh, who said on Joe's show, you shouldn't deadlift unless your goal was to deadlift. And he went into just the cost benefit. Joe Reagan was really surprised. He goes, I know. Uh, Robert said, I know a lot of people are going to get annoyed with me. Um, but if you go into the locker rooms of you know NFL guys, people who are paid to do um, what they need to do and can't get hurt, he said they do other things. They do clean and jerk and, and other Olympic lifts because the cost benefit is too high. Now, that being said, I love the phrase and we will use it here. I am not going to yuck your yum. There's so many people who are deadlifting. And I love people working out. I love people lifting weights and I love people getting stronger, all the above. So I'm not going to yuck your yum. But it goes to everything I'm going to continue to talk about here. You have to know what you're doing. You have to know the cost benefit. You have to know that the risk is really high. Really high. And Robert started to go into it with Joe Rogan or just give him, you know, you have to know what you're doing. And it's co- it's complicated. And there's too many trainers who don't even know that. I see them every day spotting people, like standing there with their arms folded, watching someone do really bad deadlifts. And it just, it frightens me. But doesn't matter. Know your goals, know the risks, and then know how to do it. Okay, I'm gonna get there. And let me also say that we overthink it. What do I mean by that? My 16-year-old who's really starting to get into lifting now. Every day after school he and his friends, hockey friends, they're going to the gym. I love it. He's down in my in our home gym. We have a bunch of different places, lots of equipment obviously. And so, you know, he said, "Dad, you know, I was lifting for strength before, and now I'm lifting for size." And of course, there's 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 a difference and we could talk about that, but at 16, and pretty much at any age, people and what the research is starting to show more and more When you lift heavy things, you get stronger, right? Yes, repetitions can matter, obviously. But it's about failure. It's about lifting heavy things. If you lift heavy things and you go to failure, and that's the the emerging research that is so interesting, very little in my textbooks that I've had for 10, 20, 30 years, depending, uh, that is kind of contradicted almost today. But it's the reps. You know, it used to be that you had to lift low reps and heavy weight to get strong. And now they're like, no, you can do 15, 20 reps if you, with moderate weight, right? If you go to failure, you're going to get stronger. The overload principle is probably something I've said a thousand times in these almost 500, no, I did break. Did I break Yes. (laughs) It's 500 something episode, overload your muscles. It adapts by getting stronger. One of the many ways it adapts. Okay. So we overthink it. If you are challenging your body, you're going to get stronger. And that goes for cardio and strength. Your heart's going to get stronger and your muscles, your other muscles, your heart is a muscle. Obviously people don't realize that <laughs> or, you know, appreciate that fact. All right, that goes to failure technical versus muscular failure, right? Ideally, what's the difference? Real quickly technical failure is you quit when your form starts to go. You can get a couple more reps in and that's where problems happen. My analogy, again, not a perfect one, not a great one maybe but but it works. any of you skiers out there know when do you get hurt? It's the last, well, it's usually the last because you get hurt, but it's when, it's at the end of the day when you're tired. Same thing with lifting weights. You have to quit. We don't have to, but you should. Right when that form goes, and ideally it's that rep before. The more you know your body, the more you know, and the, the, the more you can let your ego go, especially if you're with other people, problematic. You know, it's a plus and a minus, positive and negative. It's going to help you work harder, but it can also uh, lead to injury. But quit when technical failure hits. Now, muscular failure, that's when you're competing. That's when you're doing your max lift. And that's when you're taking the chance. Minimize the risk during training. And guess what? Then you get stronger and better. It's like, again, same thing for my races, You suffer in training. Race day's easier. You still suffer, but not at the way you suffered. (laughs) You put the work in. You actually win that medal in training. You go and accept it on race day. Okay. If there's one point, though, (laughs) I have been bold here because it's so hard. You know, the question he had basically again two questions. Biggest issue is finding good workout plans for the splits I do. If you can afford it and if you have access to it or to him or her, find a great coach. Now you can even do this virtually now. It's best in person, but thanks to Zoom and all the other ways we can do this, you can actually have access to some of the best coaches in the world, strength, whatever. And so if you're this into it, You've been doing it for two years seriously. You don't have to hire a coach or a trainer for 20 sessions. You can do a few up front so you know what you're doing, right? It's worth the money. So they're going to assess, right, who you are, what your goals are, what your strengths and weaknesses are. They're going to design a plan for you. They're going to make sure you do the exercise. Well, this is what a great coach does, by the way. This is, again... Find the right one. Not someone who says, not, th- not that trainer who sits there with his arm folded and watch the person with the the ridiculously rounded back do 10 repetitions of, you know, 225 and, and they're a, uh, you know, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Get a qualified coach. Someone who's competed ideally, knows what they're doing, has been trained, has the certifications, okay? They're gonna assess you. They're gonna design the program. They're gonna watch you do it. And then they're, ideally, then they can let you go. And you do the workout four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, whatever you decide. And then you can go back again. And you do a couple sessions up front. You do, you know, one every so often to check in, change the program, and you're going. Because it sounds like you're serious. Now, if you, you know, don't want to um, invest that, don't have the money to do, I totally get it. But I don't feel comfortable saying like, here's the book, <laughs> right? I'll bring on guests. You inspired me to bring on uh, more guests, like a strong man who uh, can speak to that. So look for that in the future. Um, but but it's so individualized. It's so individualized. So even if you did one, two, three sessions up front, you know, learned how to, you know, make sure, just make sure, and you you may be totally fine. You may be really knowledgeable. But then you have, you know, uh, the coach design the program. You may have the lifts down and maybe they're just bicep curls. I'm assuming right now that you're doing like Olympic things and you may be doing leg press, but even then, right, we can always improve. So having another set of eyes never hurts. Um, and again, I make a lot of assumptions when I have uh, just a paragraph, um, but you get my, get my point, worth investing in, okay? Um, pick your lifts carefully. Like I said, that's why I brought up the deadlift thing. Know the risk reward. Know how to do them well, and you know, know why you're doing them. You know, what's the goal? Is the goal to to just do the max strength? Is your goal to build you know total body strength? Right? You know, there's like you want to get like a three lift combo: deadlift, squat, and um, what's the other one they do frequently? Clean, it depends, (laughs) you know, but know your goals, know your goals, pick your lifts carefully, make sure you're doing them appropriately. And again, you know, think of that technical versus muscular failure. Give it time, give it time. Read those programs that I I love that you know, by the way, you're smart enough to go, This looks like it's too much volume. This is beating the heck out of me. And, And you're not beating yourself up going, Wait, shouldn't I be able to do this? You're going, No, maybe this is not meant for someone who's natural. And, and your spidey sense is right, coming from Tom Holland. Uh, <laughs> um, ugh, see, know I lost my train of thought. Yeah, progress slowly is my point. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Everything, life, building strength, give it time. You know, better to make the mistake of doing less volume and a few fewer sets you're going to get stronger over time. You're not going to beat yourself up and you're going to be able to train the next day. The goal is consistency. And that's it. Listen to your body. One of the most important points here as well. Listen to your body. Even if you have a coach, that coach, you know, when I train clients and coach them, you know, I ask you questions. I try to get inside your head and your body. But at the end of the day, you know your body the best. The trainer, the coach is going to help but you got to listen to your body. And in the end, you make the call. You know, I never heard a client cause we would always err on the side of caution. And that, and, and there were many times where I said to the, to the client, you're done <laughs> before they thought they were done. That's a, that's a common thing, especially with the clientele I had where you're, they're motivated. And so you're saying it's time to, to stop. Okay uh finally let's pull this all home be safe you know if you're lifting heavy um, and you're by yourself safety rails you know squats and things like that (laughs) how many like frightening fails am i seeing on social media so be smart uh when you have people around you know have them spotting you have them know how to spot you how many gym fails have i have i watched where uh, you can't call them a spotter because they didn't spot them they watched them get hurt You can have your hands at a certain place again, where I had them for the, for the dumbbell press is not where you would spot, you know, that's where you help. And then your hands go over to make sure they don't fall. Those dumbbells don't fall on the person. Um, So be safe. Um, Dial in your diet, your supplements. I don't want to go deep into that, you know, but I did, you know, creatine, one of my favorite top supplements, uh, adequate protein, adequate calories. Um, And that's pretty much it, you know. I have to end with this and and I, you know, always want to accentuate the positive, but it's too important, again, to say life is a marathon, not a sprint. And at 54, you know, again, I have a bunch of people I know who have passed thanks to, I would argue, not adhering to these principles and that's their choice. Um, But so many people say, if I knew now what I knew then, I wouldn't have lifted as heavy. Now, I don't agree with that. I'm going to qualify that. Do it with good form. Do it with recovery time. You know, if you do that, generally speaking, you're not going to get injured. There's always a risk reward, again, depending on how much you're lifting and what lift you're doing. But I don't want to say you can't lift heavy. I lift heavier, right? I am about failure. And I would argue, let me say this. I do 15, 10 to 15 reps, moderately heavy weight, but it doesn't, to say moderately heavy is deceiving because I am getting more out of every rep than I would argue 90% of people in the gym, probably more because it's time under tension. My form is better. I am connecting to my muscle fibers. I could push a heck of a lot more weight. I could swing 80 pound dumbbells. No problem. Especially the way most people do it. That's not my goal. If that's your goal, is because you want to say, hey, I, then that's your goal. Not yucking your yum. My goal, and I've got some pretty decent muscle, by the way, uh, at 54. And I violate all the things. I did the show on can you you build muscle while doing cardio? Yeah, you can. You can. I'm living proof. Example of one, or I'm sorry, experiment of one, but so what? All right? If you want to see the extremes, if you haven't, about bodybuilding and lifting too heavy. Now, again, this is extremes. You're talking 1,000 pounds and things like that. Ronnie Coleman documentary. So depressing. I can't walk today. Now, again, that's the extreme. But he, like, is so bad. If you don't lift with good form, don't have proper progression and things like that, you're not going to be as bad as him. But chances are you're going to be bad. And I don't want you to be bad. Back issues, joint issues, You know, they're progressive, you're back. It's the credit card, paperclip analogy. You gotta bend it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times before it fails. And when it fails, it never is the same. That depressed me, (laughs) All right? You can lift heavy. And again, I want you to think more about failure than heavy, but some people just love that feeling, okay? Leave you with that. And that's the difference. I don't get the same feeling out of squatting heavy than people I watch squat heavy. So I do different things and that's fine. But am I getting stronger? Darn right. Am I building muscle? Yup. And so you're going to find what you like to do and you're going to do it right. And so you're absolutely right. Most of those plans that you're reading are for people who are taking things. If you follow them, you're going to get depressed and probably injured. And so I feel bad that I can't give you a better resource, but I would say just, you know, even if you're in the gym and you got some guy that you don't have to pay and, you know, I watched people who had the bodies I wanted, who had the performance I wanted, who had the credentials I respected and that's who I followed when I was starting out. And you can too. All right, great question. Great question. I want to I want to I want to give you more <laughs> but that's that's the framework that's the framework it applies to everything whether you're lifting light whether you're lifting heavy the same rules apply for the most part now again it doesn't go to the specifics of the um, the program itself but final thought you know the book I had the Franco Colombo book that I found on eBay that I bought you know, when I was 14, I think, 13, 14, you know, it's straightforward, three sets, eight to 10 reps, you know, and the reps again are what has totally changed. You know, you can go three reps, four reps, six reps, eight reps, 15 reps. At the end of those reps, that set, you just want failure and you're going to get stronger regardless. So, handful of sets you know three to four exercises per body part it's not so much about the volume although that obviously plays into it as your form and your time under tension and your progression you're overloading your body Enough. <laughs> Thank you uh, for reaching out. Uh, Tom HBit is Instagram and Twitter. Again, that's where uh, he reached out. So uh, feel free. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love these questions. And and feel free follow up questions. I get those as well. Um, and what else? Uh, TeamHolland.com is the website, fitnessdisrupted.com as well. Uh, please follow, rate, subscribe comment whatever you can do to support fitness disrupted 2.0 uh lots of exciting stuff coming up got some you know great guests and again i've been inspired to get you know some uh bodybuilder or bodybuilder strongman well bodybuilders too uh on here to to speak to this stuff as well and and i'm gonna get people like robert who know what they're talking about who have done it plus are pretty uh intelligent about it but most of them are um because they've they've learned the hard way (laughs) um And there you go, all right? Uh, Thank you for listening. Remember, there are three things we all control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind, and that is awesome. I'm gonna bring you the best information so you can figure out your plan, your plan, based on science and based on what you enjoy doing, okay? I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. And this is Jacqueline back on my radio show many years ago. I hope that each and every one of you wonderful people that are listening to Tom's great show will do something for the most important person on this earth, you!